You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Friday, May 14th, Ian Cameron uh, with you in the host chair, as always. And Jimmy Murphy will be joining me momentarily as we get set for... Well, I guess you could say the uh, end of the regular season slash the beginning of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, all of it taking place in the next few days. We have one NHL game tonight, Toronto Maple Leafs and Winnipeg Jets uh, playing for exercise, as I like to say. Uh, we'll break that down to start the show, and then we'll get to the good stuff. The majority of this show will be a complete Stanley Cup playoffs first round betting preview with myself and Jimmy Murphy. Uh, we will talk about series prices, what we like there, uh, any series props that we like in terms of, you know, a, a team to win, say, four games to two, you know, four games to one. You know, you can bet those kind of props, exact uh, number of games that the series goes, the series length. You can bet regardless of, you know, what team you like. You can bet a series to go four games, five games, six games, seven games, and be able to cash tickets uh, in that manner. So uh, there are so many different options now available for betting series prices and betting series props. Uh, and, of course, DraftKings, who we uh, work alongside with here at the Hockey Podcast Network, is one of the books where you have just an absolute plethora uh, of options on the menu. Uh, especially when it comes to NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, series prices, uh, as well as prop wagers involving each first-round matchup uh, in each series. So lots to uh, go around with uh, and choose from. So we'll break down each and every series, Jimmy and I. Let's start with the one game taking place tonight uh, in NHL action, regular season action, the final regular season game for both of these teams, game number 56, if you will, for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, going at it tonight, we've got uh, in this matchup, uh, you've got the uh, 
Toronto Maple Leafs minus 150. Uh, road favorites here, total five and a half uh, across the board in this one. This game could go either way. I mean, we have seen, we, we didn't see it with Vancouver and Calgary uh, last night. That game stayed under two teams that were obviously out of the playoffs. But we saw it with two teams that are in the playoffs that have clinched everything already, namely the Minnesota-St. Louis game last night. Again, those are those are two playoff teams, just like tonight's game is between Toronto and Winnipeg. And what we ended up seeing was a very, uh, let's be honest, nobody's going to be putting their face in front of the puck to block a shot you know, in a game like this. We saw that last night clearly on display uh, with the Wild and the Blues. It ended up being one of those uh, trade chances, not a lot of back checking, not a lot of stick checking. Again, not a lot of sacrificing the body to block a shot, as you're going to see all, all these teams do a lot more at uh, come playoff time. So, you know, as a result, it's difficult to bet unders in these games. And this total is just at five and a half. Uh, but at the same time, it looks like you're going to have the A goalies, the number one goalies for both of these teams uh, in net, Jack Campbell. Uh, confirmed for the Leafs as the starting goalie tonight. Uh, Connor Hellebuck uh, in net for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Connor Hellebuck really trying to find his game and find consistency again. Uh, he was better against Vancouver 5 nothing in that shutout win uh, earlier this week in their last game. But at the same time, Vancouver really wasn't given a whole lot offensively in that game. Really didn't generate much offensively either. So, you know, I've got concerns about whether was that Ellabuck back on the beam, or was that just a team that really didn't have much going for them in that game? I didn't find they pushed themselves as much as they should have or could have Vancouver uh, in that game. Uh, they had just been eliminated officially uh, from playoff contention uh, the, the night before when we saw the Montreal Canadiens get the point that they needed uh, in that game against the Edmonton Oilers. So that pretty much you know, d- uh, ended any chances of Vancouver making the playoffs. And now you're just wondering a little bit uh, going into this game uh, or going into that game where Winnipeg won 5 nothing. You know, maybe they just took advantage of a Vancouver team the night after they got eliminated, you know, realizing just how much of a trying season this has been. You know, the physical and mental and emotional toll of things really adding up significantly uh, for this team. Uh, and maybe that was just part of it going into uh, that game the other night. So, yeah, it was a better game for Winnipeg, but I think the competition left a lot to be desired. Uh, I think that factored into how good Winnipeg was just as much as you know Winnipeg playing well. I think a, a big part of the story, maybe even the greater part of the story, was Vancouver just not really playing all that well uh, in that game uh, Tuesday night. So we'll see how this one goes. I mean, I think if you're Winnipeg, you kind of want to show that you're going into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum. You had a rough finish to the season. You could even say that about the Leafs. The one thing I'm impressed with is, you know, Mitch Marner and Matthews and Morgan Riley and, and multiple Leafs after the loss to Ottawa the other night, uh, where they felt, you know, we just didn't bring it. Uh, we didn't have that A game level required in that game to win. And uh, that's why Ottawa beat us is what they all collectively said. They said, we do want to put a good uh, foot forward here in this final game so that's why from a side perspective just you know it's two teams that are looking ahead to the playoffs they're saying that they want to win this game and end the season strong to me there's not much reason to get involved in this game from a side perspective i would lean a little bit to the over here five and a half but i don't even love that uh, all that much here 
uh, going against, uh, you know, in this meaningless finale with, you know, the two best goalies that these teams have in net. So for me, it's just a lean to the over, but it's probably a game I'm going to end up passing on uh, tonight and just look forward to the playoffs. I'll probably pass on Vancouver Edmonton too. We'll talk about that game tomorrow on Saturday's show uh, because you're going to have a couple of days here where you're going to see playoff games and yet you're still going to see a couple regular season games i mean calgary and vancouver are going to play each other a couple of times next week and in what is essentially you know exhibition games at this point uh so it's you know difficult unless you find some something that just stands out like a sore thumb Uh, players sitting uh some kind of quote that indicates a complete lack of interest for a particular hockey game uh it's going to be difficult to find really a great reason to get involved with these you know, exhibition games, essentially. We've got one with Toronto, Winnipeg tonight. We have one with Vancouver and Edmonton tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a couple with Calgary and Vancouver next week. So I'll tell you right now, and I'm sure it's going to be this way for 90% of the NHL betters and handicappers out there. Um, I think the focus is definitely turning to the playoffs for most people at this point in time. All right, so that is my thoughts on the Toronto-Winnipeg game. Not a whole lot for me with that one. Uh, let's go to our Stanley Cup playoffs preview again. We're Uh, Just waiting, Jimmy, to join us momentarily, finishing up a call before we started the show. Uh, He will be with us in just a moment or two. But we will start our playoff preview uh, with the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals. Now, today on the show, we're going to do just overall series opinions. Obviously, we're going to be with you seven days a week on this Ice Guys show, just as we've been all season long. And we will be going game by game, of course, through every playoff game, day by day and game by game, just like we have all season long. So today it's just going to be series thoughts and who we think are going to win the series uh, with each first round matchup. We'll start with Boston and Washington. Game one of this series gets underway Saturday night, uh, 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. We have the Boston Bruins uh, minus 160 to minus 165, the current series price favorites in this series over the Capitals, despite the fact that the Washington Capitals have home ice advantage going into this series. And, you know, Alex talked about it yesterday. Uh, He thinks the Bruins do win this series. I think the Bruins win this series as well. And look, you have to pay respect and you have to, you have to admit how dangerous still any Washington team with the likes of Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, Anthony Mantha, who they got at the deadline from the Detroit Red Wings. You have to still be honest and say that is still a team that can be a problem with the offensive potency that they have. If you run into penalty trouble against a team like the Washington Capitals, they can make you pay for it. They still have one of the superior, one of the elite power plays in the NHL once again this season. And it's something that you've got to be concerned about here for Boston. You've got to be maintaining discipline you you can't lose your cool in the in scrums and that is something that in the back of your mind how can this series get away from the boston bruins because we know boston doesn't mind mucking it up a little bit in terms of the physical wars and in terms of the physical battles so the key thing for the bruins is whistle to whistle play don't take unnecessary penalties stay out of the box Because the Washington Capitals power play is exactly the way that they can beat you uh, in this series because it is that good. I think at five on five, there's a lot of strengths for the Bruins going into this series. They've played very well, I think, in their five on five game. 
They've played arguably some of their best hockey of the season since the trade deadline when they got Taylor Hall. And I don't know what the uh, magic of Taylor Hall did to David Krejci, but he's actually played a lot better as well uh, from that time. Uh, The blue line's gotten healthier. And to me, when I look at these teams at the defensive end of the ice, I can't help but think Boston's just better at that end of the ice going into this series. When you look at their collective team game on defense and the way it's been, in the second half of the season with Tuka Rask and Jeremy Swayman, your goaltending tandem that has been terrific for the most part down the stretch. And you compare that to Washington and you see a team that still gives up a lot of high danger chances. Look, they, from a metric standpoint, they are a team that is very mediocre in terms of their advanced numbers defensively. There is no denying that whatsoever. They give up chances. They give up good looks. They've had to make Samsonov, and in particular, uh, Vitek Vanacek, who is going to be the goalie because Samsonov's still not ready. Uh, they've given him a lot of uh, problems or a lot of uh, – have to have to work a lot uh, in terms of the chances and the shots he's seeing. He's facing good chances, and Washington's going to have to shore that up a little bit moving forward. They've won a lot of games in spite of giving up a lot in terms of chances and quality looks. You know, at some point – I think you want to shore that up, and I can't help but think the Bruins have an edge in that department. You like that Boston's finally getting some second and third line contributions. Can Jake DeBrusque the the ultimate X factor? We know he can step it up and be a big-time offensive difference maker for Boston. He's not had a great season. Uh, Jimmy, who's going to join me in just a second, has talked about DeBrusque a lot as well, that he he could be so much better. If he can get his game going, it's another element to Boston. I just think I like the defense a little bit more. Uh, the Taylor Hall uh, acquisition and Krejci improving has mattered quite a bit. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, as long as the Boston doesn't give Washington too many power plays, and that's where Washington can kill you with the man advantage. At five on five, they can be the better team. I like Boston in this series. I think they win in something like six. I think I'd give Washington maybe a couple of games. This could even go seven, but I do think Boston does emerge. And I did lay a small bet on the series price here, even at a, at a moderate price here, minus 160 on the Boston Bruins here in this series. Uh, We welcome in Jimmy Murphy. He's now with us. Uh, Jimmy, before you give your Boston-Washington series thoughts, did you get involved at all with the Leaf-Jets game tonight? I didn't. What about you? No, you know what? I'm in playoff mode, Ian. I can't, I can't even, it's, it's, it's bizarre world. It's like, and we're in some alternate universe that there are still games going on and we've got the playoff series set. Uh, so I'm just getting strictly into playoff mode, though I might say tomorrow uh, when Edmonton plays Vancouver, I might I might dabble a little in that game. Uh, but for now, guys, playoff mode. I can't uh, disagree with you there. It's hard to get wrap your head around betting some of these meaningless exhibitions. That's what they are, all right? They're basically exhibition games at yeah. this point. Toronto-Winnipeg tonight, Vancouver-Edmonton tomorrow, the Calgary-Vancouver series of games next week. I mean, they're playing for exercise. Motivation's a question mark. I agree. The playoffs is definitely where the focus is. Boston, Washington, Jimmy, you'll be on top of this series covering it for bostonhockeynow.com. We should mention that website. I mean, Jimmy uh, does a lot of good work there uh, covering the Bruins on that Thank website, you. and he'll be on top of it during their Stanley Cup playoff run. I think their Stanley Cup playoff run goes further than the first round. Do you agree? I do. Uh, I, I think that the Bruins, I like the Bruins in six for this series. Um, I think it's going to be a grueling series, and I do worry about the state of either team coming out of this in terms of the physicality they're about to face and the punishment they will face. 
night in and night out in this series. However, I, I think, it, you know, you look at the Bruins since the trade deadline. I mean, you could easily argue they're the best team in the NHL since the deadline. Uh, they're the ones that maybe benefited the most out of it. And you look at what they've done and the way they've come together. They've gotten healthier at the same time. They now have sort of a cohesive lineup. They know where each guy is going to be placed. Even in their bottom six, they're looking pretty good. I think the fourth line on the right wing might rotate a bit. Right now, we're going to see Chris Wagner go in there to start the series, which surprises me. I thought they put Frederick in there because he is a good thorn in the side of Tom Wilson. Uh, and I thought that he would be a good counter to that. But that just shows me that the Bruins are determined to not let Tom Wilson dictate what they do and not dictate this series. Uh, so that's a good sign, I guess, if you look at it. They're more worried about, we're going to do this. They can do whatever the hell they want. It doesn't matter. Uh, but when you look at the intangibles right now, I just I just like the experience. And I think one of the most underrated stories going in, maybe, maybe not in Boston, but around the NHL right now, is this could be the swan song. For a lot of the, the core, the Boston Bruins that, the, you know, that have been here since the 2011 Cup year or since 2013, uh, even since some of them that were here in 2019. This is the swan song, I think. Tuka Rask is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, David Krejci is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, uh, who else? Patrice Bergeron next year, next summer, not this one coming, but the one after will be an unrestricted free agent. This is it for them, and I, I think they're sensing that, and they know it, and, and and that's the big picture aspect of this right now. Like, let's try it one more time, guys. Let's solidify our legacy as, uh, I don't know if dynasty is the word, but a perennial Stanley Cup contender of the last decade. So I think that's a big motivation right now, and that's why I'm going to take the Bruins. I'm going to go game by game in this. I really love them in game one. You'll be able to get some good value because they're on the road, um, but I also like them in the series as well. Give me the Bruins in six. All right, Bruins in six and liking them in game one as well. And in particular, we'll get into game one tomorrow as well on the show on Saturday because uh, with me and our uh, special guest that we'll have with us. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this too as game one might be an opportunity for Boston to pounce. TJ Oshie is not a given to play uh, Saturday night. We're still waiting on confirmation if he's going to be good to go. Of course, Kuznetsov is still in COVID protocol, and there's no telling when he'll be finally available uh, for this team. And he's kind of in their doghouse anyway. They've been kind of – uh, frustrated by some of his antics away from the uh, rink. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, you've got some personnel issues for Washington uh, coming into this series that could impact at least game one uh, on Saturday. So uh, keep that in mind uh, prior to that. So Jimmy Lycan hit the uh, Bruins as well to advance. Um, now we'll move to Sunday, and we've got three first-round matchups getting underway on Sunday with game one, uh, the Islanders and the Penguins to get it going bright and early. Uh, Melissa, was when she was with us, she said, I like these uh, brunch specials, she called them. Uh, these early start, she called them the brunch specials. This is your brunch special with her beloved Penguins as they open game one of their first round series against the Islanders. Uh, minus 145 uh, favorites in this series. They have home ice. I don't know. This is one where I feel like I'm – I'm turning my back on Barry Trotz a little bit doing this, but I, I like a lot of what I'm seeing out of Pittsburgh right now. And I like the fact that the Penguins have played the Islanders very well, you yep. know, head to head this season. Uh, there's no question. And I get it. It's Barry Trotz at playoff time. Now at a plus price in this series, that's hard odd. That's difficult price and difficult odds to go against. I understand that he is just a phenomenal playoff coach. And we have seen this time and time again, Nashville, Washington taking them to the Stanley Cup. The Islanders getting into the East Final. 
last year against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, the eventual Stanley Cup champions. We know what Barry does at playoff time, but I can't get over the erratic, inconsistent, and frankly, disappointing play of the New York Islanders in the last couple weeks of the season. Not coming into this uh, pl- these playoffs in the best form possible. I've not seen Kyle Palmieri make that offensive difference that I thought he would. Where's he been, to be honest with you, for the last several games for the Islanders down the stretch? Uh, the offense in general has been hit or miss. The defensive game's been there, but a lot of times they haven't scored enough. And there's been odd, the odd time when I think the goaltending even from the Sorokin and Barlamov combination has been less than stellar. So I've got questions with the Islanders. What I like about Pittsburgh is not only, you know, did they play their best down the stretch, but Sydney with Rust and with Jake Gensel has been an outstanding line. Now Malkin back. Jeff Carter's been amazing. Absolutely amazing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I never in a million years thought he would – I thought he'd be good. I thought he'd be still be able to chip in some offense here and there. I didn't think this tidal wave of goals and points for Jeff Carter would happen when they got him from the LA Kings, but that's exactly what's happened. He has been a difference maker, and now down the lineup, he gives now another matchup concern for the opposing coach, and Barry Trott's a matchup guy. From a lines perspective, we know that he wants to match lines. He wants his best checking line, his best defensive players out on the ice, and he's going to uh, against the best players of the other team. He's going to want you know his checking line against Crosby line with Gensel and Rust. But all of a sudden, you put your best guys defensively forwards and D against Crosby line. Now all of a sudden, you've got a Jeff Carter line that can burn you and is going to be going up in a more favorable matchup. You know, especially the games in Pittsburgh where the Penguins are going to have last line change. So keep an eye on that. There's now more of a matchup problem against Pittsburgh because of what Jeff Carter's done since the trade deadline for this team. So now it's tougher a little bit to defend this team. And Pittsburgh, look, you want to ask why they've been so good, Jimmy, in the second half? It's been their blue line. It's Latang playing better. I think he's playing relaxed, Jimmy. I'm not going to get traded now. We're in it to try to win a cup this year. And I think he's playing his best hockey because of that. Brian Dumoulin is excellent. You can you can pinpoint it. Pittsburgh season turning when they got him back. He is an excellent defender. Uh, Brian Dumoulin, he's made a huge difference. John Marino is going to be a good defenseman in this league for this team for a very long time. He keeps getting better. The, the only concern and the only fly in the ointment is can I bank on Tristan Jari? Can I bank on him? being good, being steady, being sound, making the saves that he should. I think he can. He played a lot better down the stretch. If he can keep that up in the playoffs, I just think there's too many edges here for Pittsburgh, and I like them to win this series. I hate going against our man Barry Rotz, and he might make me eat my words when this series is over, but I'm on Pittsburgh here, Jimmy. Who do you like, Islanders, Penguins? Yeah, well, look, and I know we got a big Penguins fan there, Melissa Cunningham. I want to tell any Penguins fans out there, too, I'd be remiss if I don't tell them, to check out Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Uh, it was run by Dan Kongerski, who runs the National Hockey Now Network, so is essentially my boss. So I got to give him a little plug there. Um, but they do a great job of covering the Penguins, so definitely something to follow there. And if you're an Islanders fan, we've got NYI Hockey Now as well, run by Christian Arnold, so check that out too. Look, I agree with everything you said there right now, and I think, Ian, when it comes down to it on both sides, goaltending will be the major X factor. Um, you know, you look at Varlamov Val- right now. I saw a stat, and I don't know – when I start, so they might have played since then, so this might not hold true anymore. But I 
think as of this past Monday or Tuesday, Varlamov had something like a nine, a point nine two eight save percent. No, point nine three three save percentage, like a a two point two seven goals against in his last eight games, and he was like, what was it, four? three and one or something. I don't know. It was some bizarre, right? Like he, it was not what the, the stats should have said. He's doing his job. He's gold. He's getting the goaltending done between the pipes there. He's been stellar. But the problem is like you said it, the team in front of him has just been completely erratic. We always knew that the New York Islanders weren't an offensive juggernaut, but yeah, we thought they'd get a little, little jump in their offense when they brought in Kyle Palmieri. And yes, they lost their captain there. I know that. And that hurt a bit, but still something's amiss with them right now. Right. There just seems to be some missing link, and, and, and they just don't seem in it from period to period, even shift to shift right now. The Islanders just seem to be, you know, to use a pun, right, uh, a, a rudderless boat. You know, their, their boat is adrift right now somewhere in the ocean, and they're looking for that lighthouse, right, that is the Nassau Coliseum, I guess we'll say it that way. And right now they can't find it. And I, I just don't like the feel I get from that team heading into the playoffs. And then you look at the way – that Sydney, you know, look, I'm a Boston guy, right? And I'm going to date myself a bit, but I don't know. For all you baseball fans, we go back to the 2003 ALS uh, Championship Series, and then you know the Yankees beat the Red Sox in Game Seven, and Pedro Martinez comes out and says about the Yankees, "I, I don't know. They're my daddy. What can I say? The the Yankees are my daddy. Well, guess who the daddy is? The collective daddy of the New York Islanders. His name would be Sidney Crosby." And he has simply owned them, whether it's the regular season, even more so in the playoffs. He has simply owned the New York Islanders. And I'm sorry, until proven otherwise, I don't see them beating Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think another thing to keep in mind is the speed. You brought up the the defense. Well, I specifically look at the speed from the back end. We knew that the Pittsburgh Penguins had fast forwards coming into this year, but then you added Mike Matheson to that defense and you add some other guys there and, and Sullivan sort of let them take off. And I think that's worked great for them. So I like their speed. I know Jerry's a question mark, but I like their speed. And I like the fact they have who I still consider the best player in the world and the best player of his era, Sidney Crosby. Give me the Penguins in a sweep. Whoa. How about that? A sweep. And look, two years ago, it was the Islanders sweeping the Penguins uh, in the playoffs. But that Pittsburgh team was a mess at the time. Uh, the goaltending was lousy at the time. Uh, there were guys banged up. There were some injury issues with Pittsburgh. They just weren't in good place at the time going into the, those playoffs. The, totally different situation here uh, yep. going into this uh, playoffs where you got the Islanders a little bit you know, erratic. They're the team we're a little bit concerned about, and it's Pittsburgh going into this series playing well. And look, six points combined in 30 games for Zajac and Palmieri it's after pathetic. getting him from the uh, Devils. Talk about disappointing return on investment uh, in that deal. For and Talk uh, about your UFA value going down. Woo. Wow. It's, it's been shocking that I thought, wow, Palmieri had a great thing going with New Jersey. He gets here. He can't put the puck in the net. And don't underestimate the loss of Anders Lee. Anders Lee has mattered. Losing him this for this Islanders team. Pajot's taken a step back in his offensive game. Uh, Beauvillier's been good, but Brock Nelson's been more hit or miss this season offensively. That's been the mm-hmm. problem. Eberly as well. Bailey's not as the offensive dynamo he was last year. Like they had a bunch of these guys in the forward group raise their game. 
elevate yeah. their game offensively. And they're not, they're that same group of players. Many of them I just named. They're not doing that as much this season. And, and one thing, too, Ian, to keep in mind about the Islanders, too, that I've noticed, at least down the stretch here, is Barzell. And look, nobody's arguing the talent he is. He's a game breaker. Hey, he could bust my prediction open in one shift, right? He could just throw that right out the door in one shift and, and sway the momentum in game one with, with a great play and a, a dynamic goal. However, since they've been struggling – and since they've been missing some guys, I feel like he's trying too much to be the man. And he's trying to put the team on his shoulders. And it's it's impacting his play. And he's made some really bad mental mistakes going through the neutral zone. Go look at his turnovers down the stretch. He's 100%. been a turnover machine. And yes. that, you can't do that against the Pittsburgh Penguins. With their speed, their counter speed through the neutral zone in the transition game, they will burn you left and right. So that's – I just – it's just not a good matchup right now for the New York Islanders. I agree. I've seen that in a bunch of games. Uh, the old and look, Mitch Marner did it against Ottawa, and that's sometimes his problem right? as well for the Leafs. And we'll get yeah. to them later. These little backhand passes through the neutral zone to Nelson does it a lot. Closing jersey, yeah. yeah. The skill guys, they think they're too good. Yeah, can just little do the little no look backhand there. It'll get to a teammate. It'll go in the net. Yeah, it could also yeah. go in the net for the other team. Exactly. No. <laughs> and you know what I noticed, too, is some of these guys, you know when they're the good ones and they actually will correct their games. Like a Pasternak, I've heard him actually admit and say, you know, I don't get why I do that sometimes because anytime I've bought in and played the team defense that my team, specifically my linemate Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand want me to play, I end up getting points. So it's it's like it's a, it's an irony that he'll, he'll play better team defense and then that turns into more offense. So right now I don't see Barzell doing that. And if they – are going to win, they need him to kind of up the two-way game a little more. And it looks like, and, and Jimmy mentioned him too, uh, Mike Matheson, of course, has been out a little bit for Pittsburgh, expecting him back for game one Sunday afternoon. And, and they're supposed to get Tanev back too, right? Yeah, Brandon Tanev as well. Uh, there's a chance he's returning for the Penguins. So, uh, And obviously Matheson, we've talked about one of the most undervalued, uh, unspoken wow. of the what a trade that was. How good he's been for Pittsburgh. Uh, this season and the fact that he may not miss any playoff games and be ready for game one Sunday afternoon uh, against the New York Islanders. That's good news. If you're a Penguins fan like Melissa and anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. And this might be a good segue. I think to if our next series is where I think we're going, uh, that trade has worked out both for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Florida Panthers. I, it was a, I think it's just been one of those great hockey trades that we don't see enough where both teams benefited. Absolutely. Uh, you're close. We're almost oh, there. In Florida we're, not, we're not going to Miami yet. All right. Not, not to yet. sunrise yet. <laughs> because next in order, and this is the uh, second of the doubleheader on NBC on Sunday afternoon. That's right. They've got a doubleheader. Yeah. 3 p.m. Eastern, Minnesota Wild, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, wow. Uh, oh, she's interesting. I, Terry must be killing me that I forgot that. Jeez. I know. Yeah, exactly. We're waiting for <laughs> Terry to say, how could you forget my wild? You know, and some uh, uh, just uh, show of uh, – frustration yeah uh, vegas minus 225 to minus 230 is what we're looking at here series price uh, against the minnesota wild the one thing that like if minnesota had home ice in this series minnesota i would really really think would have a good chance maybe even to win it but without home ice i'm not as i'm not as sold but i'm certainly not laying minus 230 with vegas uh, here in this series i'm not i'm giving minnesota enough respect to not do that, I still think Vegas pulls this out. Sorry to say that, Terry, that Vegas probably, I think, finds a way in this series. But this is not going to be a cakewalk 
This is not going to be a picnic whatsoever for the Vegas Golden Knights because Minnesota's played them tough. Minnesota has found ways at least a, a couple of times in Vegas this year, uh, you know, to, to, to play that team very tough. And when you look at the Vegas Golden Knights going into this series, you know, they're a team that we could get concerned a little bit about the third and the fourth line for the Vegas Golden yes. Knights. Are they going to get consistent offense from them? This is a little bit more of a top-heavier team. I mean, I think you like what obviously Stone and Pacioretty are the go-to guys, Carlson, Smith, and Marcia. So uh, after that, and Alex Tuck has been excellent. Chandler Stevenson has stepped up. That's helped. But you get beyond those eight forwards, and you don't get a whole lot of offense from the rest of the lineup. You know, those bottom, you know, four or five forwards. Um, can Vegas get maybe more from their bottom forwards? Perhaps they could. And, of course, you've got absolute game breakers. And Vegas has the defense and the experience back there with Shea Theodore, Alec Martinez. Braden McNabb has developed into one hell of a defenseman as well for the Golden Knights. And physical, he'll put someone on their can. And, of course, the acquisition of Alex Petrangelo, this is where that's supposed to show up at playoff time when the games matter the most. But Minnesota, where this price is right now, this is a Minnesota or pass price for me with what they're getting here in this game because I think this is a closer, tougher series for the Vegas Golden Knights than than it than many people might expect because, again, you just cannot argue with the fact that the Minnesota Wild have, the for the first time in years, Jimmy, they've got an offense that can strike quickly at any time. Uh, they have played the Vegas Golden Knights very tough, 5-3, and three, on the season this year against Vegas. I think Vegas pulls it out, but man, it's not going to be easy. Uh, and I have no interest laying this part. This is one of those series where I w- am involved in terms of the exact series price or the exact series result uh, in this series. Uh, I'm going to go ahead with, as I bring it up here in terms of it, because I'm, I'm, I'm not interested at all, not one bit in the minus 230, but I am probably going to end up in this one as I uh, take a look at the, uh, options here uh, in this series i'm looking more toward uh, a situation where i'm looking more toward props here uh, involving uh, the exact series result a vegas 4-3 at plus 400 is probably what i'll go to i think it really could go seven but i think that seventh game being at t-mobile arena uh, in las vegas uh, could end up being the difference in the end and i have to give a little bit of an edge goaltending to vegas i do I trust Flurry a little bit more. I trust Leonard a little bit more. Then, look, Talbot's been good. I get it. And Talbot was good in the playoffs for one series last year against a banged-up, injury-riddled Winnipeg team that lost a couple key players in that series mm-hmm. to injury. And then he played Dallas, and he was good at the start of it. And then it would, Cam Talbot basically came apart a little bit at the seams. That's an edge to Vegas. I'm sorry, it is. The goaltending. Talbot's going to have to show me beyond a one-series win against a banged-up, flawed Winnipeg Jets team in the bubble last year that he's a playoff goalie at this point in time. And Kakinen, forget it. If they, if they, if he, they have no shot if he gets in there and Talbot gets hurt. So that is enough to swing it to me in Vegas' favor. I don't want to lay the price. I'll go with the Vegas in seven prop, plus 400. Jimmy, what's your thoughts? Wild, Golden Knights. Well, you know, Terry is upset. I saw there that I, I kind of skipped uh, skipped ahead to the Florida series. 
because uh, that is a series I'm really excited to watch. Uh, but I'm excited to watch this as well, Terry. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited to tell you that the Minnesota Wild will win this series in six games and upset, shock the wow. NHL with a first-round upset of the Vegas Golden Knights. There you go. Jerry's going to want to move in with you, Jimmy, at this point. <laughs> that. Yeah. Best friends I, for life, BFS. All right, come on down, man. But, yeah, no, I like the wildness. Uh, they've, they've shown that they can hang with this team. Uh, I, I think that they're a bit in the Vegas uh, heads. I think they, they've been cooking some dinner in their in their heads there. And I, I just – I don't know. I like this matchup for them. And as long as, you know, Flurry or Leonard, you said, they definitely have the goaltending edge. But as long as they can get to them – and when I say get to them, they don't have to light them up for five goals a game or anything, but just prove that they can score on them and they can – this isn't going to be an issue. They're not going to be a stumbling block. As long as they can get past that, I think they can. And they've shown they can do that in the regular season. Um, you know, and, and Talbot, I'm, I'm with you. He's a big question mark to me. He's, he's always been one of these guys. Like, I just feel like he's underachieved a lot during his career, but he's he's got it going right now. I like this team. I really do right now. And you know what else I like? I like the coaching difference because Minnesota wild don't have a coach that when he gets asked tough questions, gets up and leaves a press conference, like a little baby and has a temper tantrum. They've got a real coach who I think is one of the most underrated coaches in the league and should be nominated for the Jack Adams award in Evanston. So give me the Minnesota wild to pull off the upset here. All right. Minnesota in six games for Jimmy Murphy. So you could go obviously the big plus price, plus 190, plus 200. Yep. Series price with Minnesota. And then if you really want to get uh, interested interesting here in terms of value, if you want to go for the exact result that Jimmy predicts with Minnesota in 6, that's plus 650 with the Minnesota Wild uh, to win four games to two. Uh, so there you go, big time value uh with that uh, if you agree. Florida Tampa Bay this may be arguably the series I'm most excited about, believe it or not. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I can't wait for this. Panthers and Lightning. And it's one of the games that will be on during our first Stanley Cup playoffs betcast on Tuesday night. It'll be oh, game two. Oh, yeah, we'll two. get game two, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I'm definitely excited about that. Uh, looking forward just to this series overall, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning minus 150 series price favorites here, even though the Florida Panthers – have home ice advantage. And even though Florida has not been, they have not taken one single step back against this Tampa Bay team all season mm-hmm. long. They're not scared of this group. They, uh, they are, they feel that they could compete with them, you know, and they have shown that. And the fact that they've had so many comeback wins this season, I think is going to make ensure that they always believe, you know, if they get off to a slow start, they're going to have that belief. They can come back. There's just a lot I, I see going with the Panthers here. They've got a, look, a guy that knows how to win a playoff time in Joel Quenville uh, behind the bench. There's no question that helps. This is Huberto and Barkov. They're two superstars, or at least stars. They're borderline superstars. They're getting to the point where they may be. They played like superstars this year. These two have been amazing. They have been absolutely outstanding. Carter Verhage looking like one of the best picks in, of the entire offseason. The former member of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who actually was with that team when they won the cup last year. That's now experience on the Florida side and the reclamation project that is Sam Bennett. That project is earning them. Uh, that's a project that's earning them dollars upon dollars upon dollars of mm-hmm. return right now. Sam Bennett is revitalized 
with the Florida Panthers, as I kind of thought he might be. And you did as well, Jimmy, that Sam Bennett getting the clean slate, the change of scenery, the fresh start with Florida, with better players, better team around him. Let's be honest. It's not even close, the situation Florida compared to Calgary. And he has thrived in it. He has been absolutely amazing on fire offensively. He's rediscovered his scoring touch. He's making an impact on the score sheet every night. I think this defense is as underrated as it gets and the improvement they've made collectively. I mean, these are a lot of these guys, many of them, in fact, you know, there's some of the players that you look at it in the past and you say they've struggled in the past, but Mackenzie Wegar is getting better. Anton Strawman has been good. Brandon Montour was a great pickup knowing that Aaron Ekblad and they'll miss Aaron Ekblad. No question, but the blue line has picked it up collectively, even without him. I think their play without Ekblad collectively has been the most impressive thing about this Florida team or one of, you know, yep. that they have totally fallen off. They've been good enough defensively with Wegar and with Strawman uh, and with uh, Montour uh, coming over and Yandels turned back the clock and played well. I mean, this is a blue line that's definitely played extremely well. The one question mark is in net because Bobrovsky has had a better season, but he's also been prone to that odd stinker. And you're worried, does that happen to him at playoff time if he gets the starting nod? But you've got options now for for Coach Q. It's a short leash, I think, on Bobrovsky because I'm sure he's going to get the first crack. But, you know, no doubt. Uh, you've got Chris Drieger, a very capable goalie waiting in the wings. You've got your future stud in net, also an option, in Spencer Knight. And I know he's a rookie. I know he's barely played a handful of games in the NHL. But I don't think the spotlight and the stage of the Stanley Cup playoffs is going to rattle him. I think he's built for it. I think he's one of those guys that – and don't forget, Jordan Binnington, you know, in the, with the St. Louis Blues a couple years ago. I'll, 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 we'll show how old Jimmy and I are getting. I'll go all the way back to Cam Ward with the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. I can go back farther than that, buddy. You know, a rookie goalie <laughs> coming straight out of nowhere and leading a team to a Stanley Cup champion championship. Yeah, I'm not saying Spencer Knight could do that, but I think he could go in there and, and play very well uh, for this uh, Florida Panthers team if he were to get the opportunity. So um, there's options if Bobrovsky, goalie Bob, does stumble. I think Florida is very live in this series. I'm going to split my bets up in this series, Jimmy. A little on Florida at the plus price, plus 140, plus 130. The one I really like, like this is one of my favorite series bets, props or otherwise. This series to go to seven games plus 210. I yes. hit this with Toronto and Columbus last year. Five games to go the distance, and it got there. Yep. I think this is that series. It's rough. It's nasty. It's bad intentions. It's ill will. It's mutual dislike. It's going to be a competitive, tight series that goes the distance. Seven-game series, Tampa Bay, Florida, plus 210. I like that. The one concern I'll say, and this is what boosts your cause if you like Tampa, Stamkos and Kucherov back, it's like a trade being made without a trade actually being made. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make yourself that much better with Stamkos back and obviously Nikita Kucherov when he's healthy and right. He's one of the best offensive players in the NHL. They'll both be good to go for game one. And they're a much better team and a much tougher team to beat with those two guys. But there's something about it with Tampa Bay. They haven't fully been on their game start to finish this year. You are bringing guys back that haven't played in a while. Is that chemistry? Is that cohesion going to be there instantly? And you don't have much time to find out if it's the, if it's there instantly because it's a four, best best of seven. You know, you better find it pretty damn quickly. 
that chemistry and cohesion or else you're going to be going home. So they're going to help. But I think Florida can still, even with Stamkos and Kucherov and the artillery coming back to support. And look, they've still got Palat, Kalorn, Point, uh, an incredible forward group, Coleman, Barkley, Goodrow. I mean, go on down the list. Tyler Johnson, he can be a playoff warrior at times. Um, obviously, they're very loaded up front. And Hedman uh, anchoring a great blue line. I get all of that. But I don't think Florida is going to be quaking in their boots playing Tampa. And I think they've got a legit shot. A legit shot. So I'll take the chance on them at the plus price. But I like even more than that, this series to go seven, regardless of who wins, plus 210. Jimmy, what do you think? Battle of Florida, the Sunshine State Showdown. Well, first off, I think this is great for the NHL. They've been waiting for this for so long. I mean, how many times do we hear the Florida Panthers mixed up in, you know, relocation, rumor talks, send them to Quebec, send them here, blah, blah, blah. And Hey, that could still happen. Who knows? But – this this is something that the NHL and the hockey fans in Florida, and there are fans there. Trust me, there's a lot of, you know, snowbirds that never left that come down from Canada or the Northeast, what have you. Uh, you know, and they were whether they were Bruins or Leafs or Canadians or Rangers or Islanders or Devils fans growing up. And, you know, they grow and they grow an allegiance to the hometown team there, but they haven't had a chance to really show that allegiance because – Let's face it, the Florida Panthers haven't made the playoffs for five years. They've never made it past the uh, first round since 1996, the year of the rat, if you recall those playoffs. Um, and this is it. And they've been waiting for this. And I, I, I feel like, you know, I made a bold call there with Minnesota in the West. That's my upset call out there. Uh, I think this is going to be my – and I don't consider this that much of an upset, though, Ian. I don't know if I, that sounds crazy to you. But I'm going with the Panthers. I love what you're doing there. I'm going to do the same exact thing as you. Give me the Panthers to win the series and give me the series to go seven games. I love a seven-game series here. I think this is going to be a thriller in Manila. They're going to go back and forth. There's going to be grit. There's going to be fights. There's, there's going to be goals. There's going to be great saves. And I do think, in the end, Spencer Knight is the man we're going to be talking about when all is said and done and throughout the playoffs. And you mentioned going back to Cam Ward as a rookie uh, who came in and led his team to the cup. Well, I go back to a, uh, a much bigger name and a little more way back to 1986 uh, when I first started really watching hockey and getting to the NHL. And this guy that wore 33 up in Montreal did pretty well that uh, ser- that playoff season uh, when he took the Canadians to the Cup and beat the Calgary Flames. So um, give me the Florida Panthers in seven for this series. All right, good stuff there. We move on to Carolina and Nashville. On Monday night, this series gets underway uh, between the uh, Hurricanes uh, and the uh, Predators. Huge favorites here. Minus 260 for the Carolina Hurricanes, a series favorites against Nashville. Look, tip of the cap to Nashville. Nobody slammed this team more than me for the first half of the season yeah. on the guys' show here. And I thought they were dead, done, done, done cold turkey, done, as a, done, done like dinner, dead as a doornail, whatever term you want to use halfway through the season. But they found lightning in a bottle. They had some injuries couple blue liners out, including uh, Yossi and Ekholm at the time. Forsberg got hurt at the time. So they had some different ki- kids in there. They played with enthusiasm. They played hard. They put this Eli Tolvanen kid in the lineup, this Finnish kid. And look, they, they started to put some things together, play better. And they also said, enough with Pekka Rinne. We've got a role with UC Saros, game in and game out in net. And he got hot. He finally, and, and finally, John Hines stuck with him. And didn't go back and forth and and kept riding UC Saros. And the team got on a roll. 
and had an incredible run to get back into the playoff race and get that fourth spot. Credit to them. And now, actually, believe it or not, coming into this series, Jimmy, they're fairly healthy and, you know, they're feeling confident. That's always a dangerous thing. There's no doubt when you look at it. And Forsberg now uh, is feeling good again. Uh, and you look at it, there's not a whole lot of injuries other than maybe Victor Arvidsson's not good to go uh, in game one. You know, other than that, they've got everybody, Duchesne, Forsberg, Johansson. They've got Ekholm, Yossi, and Ryan Ellis healthy again uh, on the blue line as well for this national team. Um, maybe they can give Carolina a battle. Maybe they can. But this Carolina team, I've been loving them all season. They have incredible four lines uh, of depth. They've got incredible offensive game breakers. That's where I think this series has an edge for Carolina. I can count on Niederreiter, Aho, Svechnikov. Um, I can count on most of these guys to show up off it. Martin Netchash. Nobody talks about him. What a season Marty Netchash has had for the Hurricanes. Tara Vinen. I think I count on their game breakers offensively more than is Duchesne going to show up for me night in and night out? What am I going to get out of Johansson? Anything? Anything of significance? Uh, Forsberg, believe it or not, has not quite hit it, hit the ground running since he's come back. I think offensively, I can trust the big guns of Carolina more than Nashville. Defensively, I, look, I like Yossi. I like Ekholm and Ellis. There's a drop-off quite a bit after that. There isn't for Carolina. This is as good a blue line one through six as it gets. Brady Shea with um, Jacob Slavin. And I forgot Vincent Trocek, by the way, on the forward group for Carolina. Yeah, well, he was hurt for a while. Yeah, what an outstanding season he's had. And outstanding considering, yeah, he missed some time as well for Carolina. But this blue line, Brady Shea, Dougie Hamilton, uh, Brett Pesci, um, you know, Jacob Slavin. This kid that they got from Anaheim, Yoni Hockenpah is his name. He's a good one. He's played really well since they got him from the Anaheim Ducks as well. Uh, Nadelkovic is a, perhaps a, a legit number one goalie in the making for this team. He's been excellent. I would expect him. I think he's going to get the game one start. It isn't confirmed yet. Uh, maybe they go with Mirage. I think he should. I can't see it. I just can't see. I think like I think the kid's been too good. Mirage missed a lot of time this year with injury, and he's been kind of up and down. Yep. I think if I'm Brindamore, I ride with Carolina here uh, in this game. Um yeah, it's a big price. I want no part of minus 255. So what I ended up doing was betting Carolina minus one and a half games in this series at minus 120. That's actually up to minus 160 now. So uh, that price has moved a bit, but I think that's the better value. I think Carolina can win this series and win it before it even gets to a game seven. So all I need is Carolina in either four, five, or six, and I cash that bet. Carolina for me, uh, minus one and a half. Uh, in this one. And look, Nashville had to push themselves to the limit to get into the playoffs. Hard hockey, tough hockey, big games every night to get in. This is where you could get worn out and burned out because guess what? Carolina is a puck possession team. They have the puck on their stick more than their opponent almost every game. This is a team that's expended a lot of energy to get into the playoffs. And if you're chasing Carolina around all night long trying to get the puck from them, you're going to wear yourself out, and I think in the course of a seven-game series, we could see that be a problem for Nashville, trying to get the puck from this Carolina team who just has the puck so much and rarely gives it away. Um, so I think Carolina gets it done in six or less. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Nashville, Carolina? Yeah, I'm with you. And Look, I, I think the one game I, I would I would lean towards Nashville, I don't know why, it just feels like one of those series where we could see that because nobody's given Nashville a chance. 
Carolina is getting really hyped up and maybe it's going to be a blessing in disguise for them is game one. It, it just reeks to that type of series where, you know, the heavy favorite uh, could, could kind of come in a little too loose in game one, kind of come in counting their eggs before they hatch and looking ahead and Nashville could catch them off guard. And I think the main reason they could do that is the reason they're in the playoffs and that's Saros. That's the only hope that the Nashville Predators have right now is their goalie. Uh, you mentioned those other guys like a, like a Duchesne or a Johansson. I mean, let's face it. I mean, at what point do we call those two players bus? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be too harsh, but I mean, these guys have been so hyped up. They've, they've scored big contracts. They've, they've got, they've been traded. They've been given chance after chance to live up to their hype and they choke. And, that's one of the reasons Nashville has not gone o- gone over the heap and it hasn't got to the final again and hasn't won that Stanley Cup that they've been trying for. I think that's the main reason. They're just not guys you want to build your team around. And look, I think the future's bright. I think they got some good young players. They're just not there right now. And a credit to them for making it. But give me the Carolina. Like I said, I like Nashville in game one, but then I like Carolina and win four straight. Give me the Carolina Hurricanes in five. All right, Carolina uh, in five for uh, Jimmy uh, in this series between the uh, uh, the uh, Predators and Hurricanes. Uh, Carolina in five is plus three fifty. So a Hurricanes four to one uh, series result pays plus three fifty. Uh, if you agree with that, Carolina in five. Uh, the next series, look, this is one where you're going to have to get creative if you want the Colorado side uh, as the Colorado Avalanche take on the St. Louis Blues. Uh, in this first round matchup, we've got the Colorado Avalanche minus 380 series price favorites here, plus 310 on the St. Louis Blues. Uh, it's um, it's a big price. It is a massive price. I don't know if it's a product of, look, it's the L.A. Kings. It's a team not going anywhere. Maybe that played a part in it last night. But what I saw from the Colorado Avalanche in that dominating 5-1 win to clinch the West and the President's Trophy was the type of game that is going to be difficult to beat if they can replicate that in the playoffs. Like, they had the puck all night. L.A. didn't have it at all other than they gave it away on a breakaway, and that was the L.A. goal on a turnover at the blue line. I mean, obviously, L.A. is not good. St. Louis will be a lot better than that. But, I mean, Colorado played the style of a game there uh, that, man, if they play that way against the St. Louis Blues and in games in this uh, playoffs moving forward, good luck beating them. It's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. Um, I hate to say it, but I'm on mostly favorites in this first round. And look, uh, it's a big price. I don't think I'm going to be involved. Like even the Colorado, like minus one and a half is a great price. I think I would give St. Louis a game or two. I really would. I mean, I'd be interested. I'd be maybe more interested in Colorado six or seven in this series than Colorado four or five. Because the one thing about the Blues, they had a lot of injuries this year. They had a lot of situations where they had guys injured, guys out of the lineup, and that's been a big-time issue for them throughout the course of the season. Blues had to battle injuries, but when they finally got healthy later in the season, they did play better, Um, and they did find a way to play Colorado very tough late in the season as well. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that St. Louis could win a game or two in this series. I just don't see them beating Colorado for uh, out of seven here, especially with still Pareko injured, Vince Dunn day to day, Gunnarsson, who they missed on the blue line all season long. 
Uh, Oscar Sundquist out as well. Uh, it's going to be a lot relying on Ryan O'Reilly. In fact, Ryan O'Reilly has made some headlines uh, going into this series saying that, you know, I think we, we're going to win. He basically said that. He said, I think we're going to win here uh, this series uh, against the uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. He's that confident, Ryan O'Reilly. doing Saying that, making a bold declaration, a guarantee that they're going to win the series against his former team. So he feels confident. And look, he's been awesome. He's been carrying the Blues down the stretch. He is going to have to be just as good, if not even better, uh, in this series if they're going to uh, pull the massive upset. What I see with Colorado, though, Jimmy, is Bennington still goes in and out of consistency for me. Even down the stretch, that was an issue for him. I can't count on him this year as much game in and game out to be great. And he's going to have to be great. He's going to be have to be, absolutely be outstanding in this series. I don't know if he will. And when I start to see the depth, it's not just McKinnon, and we think he'll be back for game one. Landeskog and Ranton. We know those are the big guns. Look what Kadri's doing now. Look what Tyson Jost did last night, a depth forward. The depth is coming back. Burakovsky. I mean, they are getting their depth forwards. Don Skoy has had a great year for Colorado. Look at this blue line. It's sick. It's absolutely sick how good this blue line is for Colorado now and how good it might continue to be uh, in the future. With D- Devon Taves was a great pickup from the Islanders. Sam yep. Girard keeps getting better. We know Kale McCarr. Wait till they get Bowen Byram back from injury. Ryan Graves. Connor Timmons last night flying around like he's Bobby Orr on the ice. Connor Timmons, and he's like only in the lineup because of some injuries. I mean, that's a thick blue line right now. Youngsters, puck movers. They can get back on defense when there's a transition opportunity because they all skate so well. They skate like the wind. Mm. They have Grubauer playing well. That's a difficult recipe to beat that the Colorado team I can't see St. Louis doing it I give them maybe a game or two but that's about it Jimmy what do you think St. Louis and Colorado yeah I'm with you and by the way and I, I gotta jet soon I'm tight for time I gotta go uh see my daughter but uh I will give you this pick right now I'll tell you I, I'm with you everything you just said I, you mentioned that defense I would say you know Carolina and the Avalanche have the best all-around blue lines going into the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. I think that's hard to argue. Um, and and that could be the difference right there. It, it, I just think that the St. Louis forwards are a little slow. I know, you know, look, they won their Stanley Cup in 2019 through brute physical force and wearing teams down, a great forecheck, and a lot of heart and grit. And, and God bless them. And that's, that's, that's the ingredients you do need to win a Stanley Cup, but you also need skill. And I just feel like – they're facing – they faced these guys before, but this is a Colorado team that's been getting more hyped and more hyped and waiting to take that next step, and this is the year they take it. I, I picked them to make it to the Stanley Cup final in the beginning of the season, and I'm sticking with it. Give me the Colorado Avalanche in five games over the St. Louis Blues, uh, and I'm going to do the, the games and the actual series bet there. All right, the series bet and also the number of number of games exactly and, of course, Colorado in five here. Uh, to win four to one. You'll get those at good plus prices. All right, Jimmy's going to roll in a few minutes. So we'll go a little quickly. Last two series here in the North, Winnipeg and Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton, big favorites here in this one, as you would expect. Uh, minus 205 series price. This one will start Wednesday night. Um, look, the Jets, I got on the Jets bandwagon last year, and that jet crashed very quickly uh, against the Calgary Flames in the bubble. Of course, they had a couple key injuries. I think Shifley and Line A got banged up in that series, and it was really difficult. But look, the fact remains they're struggling coming into this series. And look, I said it yesterday, and Alex talked about it. Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, we know. 
But we got to talk about the other elements of this team that I think are going to make them better in the playoffs this year. A third line has stepped up. Ryan McLeod centering the third line for the Oilers. You know, and all of a sudden, Alex Chason, James Neal, and some guys are stepping up with offense from the bottom forwards. And that's always been a concern and a question with the Oilers. And if they can get that third line centered by that young kid, Ryan McLeod, to play that well, they're going to be good. The blue line, Darnell Nurse, has been amazing. What an improvement in his career. He's an offensive point producer now. He's good in his own. He's such, he's such improved in his own zone this season on that blue line. Ethan Bear and company, that blue line's improved. And, of course, Mike Smith's had the best season he's had in probably almost a decade in the NHL. So that's a difficult combination. The Jets... They didn't score down the stretch. Shifley and Wheeler were inconsistent. We don't know if Ehlers will be right for game one and back in the lineup. Their defense has struggled. Connor Hellebuck was up and down down the stretch. They're just not coming into the series in a good way. I'm probably not going to have a series bet either way, um, but I think Edmonton will advance here uh, just a little bit too much, and uh, I just worry about the Jets. They didn't upgrade that blue line. I ripped Shevel Day off. He only added Jordy Ben at the deadline. Not good enough in my mind, for this defense to be improved at playoff time. Jimmy, what's your thoughts here? Jets, Oilers. I mean, everything points to the Oilers, right? The one, the one worry I have about if, I, if you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pick here, but I'm not going to go heavy on it. I'm not going to put a lot of units on this thing. It's just, let's not forget, guys. Like you said, you, you went heavy on the Jets last year, and a lot of people went heavy on the Jets heading into this season. They still have some good pieces in place. There, just a lot of guys have, uh, whether it's been injuries or just underachieving, it just hasn't come together. And they just had a miserable finish there, right? I just wonder if then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, do we do we see the pieces come together? I think this series just could go a little longer than people think. I'm hearing a lot of people say Oilers in a sweep, Oilers in a fi- in five. I think it can be. It's going to be tougher than that. I like I like the Jets to compete. I could see them maybe stealing Game One. Um, all the pressures on Edmonton. There's no pressure at all on the Jets right now. There's way less pressure on the Jets now than there has been in a few years heading into the playoffs. So that could help them. So I kind of like maybe taking them in Game One. But then as the series goes on, Edmonton wears them down, and you can only contain McDavid and Drysdale for so long. And then let's not forget how great Mike Smith has been. I mean, let let it, it, you know. There's so many great candidates for the Masterton Trophy. But that guy, uh, he's just an inspiration to me. He really is because this has been a guy that just has been so erratic throughout his career, and he's he's a battle. And that's the one thing I always loved about him, and it's paying off finally, so good for him. Give me the Oilers in six. Yeah, I'm with you on the fact this is not going to be a a sweep, in my opinion. I think Edmonton's going to win the series, but Winnipeg's not chopped liver. Like yeah. some people are talking about them like they're garbage. Yeah, they played poorly down the stretch, but it's not a garbage team. It's a very when healthy. They got a great team. Top six. They're an excellent team. Yeah, but we just haven't seen many best days, you know, to the Winnipeg Jets down the stretch. And I worry about the blue line a little bit. I, I sense an annoyance with Shifley and a couple players for Maurice, and you know, benching Shifley and a yeah. response. You got to worry if there's some kind of dynamic there. You've hinted at it. Maybe there's a Maurice factor that's involved here. Players maybe yep. uh, getting, you know, just it's waning now. Eventually the, the the message, you know, you hear it enough and you tune it out. Is that happened? I guess we'll find out more of that here uh, in this series. We wrap it up, Jimmy. Original six rivals. We've been waiting <laughs> for a Montreal-Toronto playoff series. First one in 42 years since 1979. Here it is. Toronto Maple Leafs minus 310 favorites in this series. Look, who's kidding who? You watch these teams play nine or ten times this year. Toronto, the eye test tells you Toronto's just flat out better. 
flat out stronger, flat out deeper, flat out better in all different positions. I understand that. Owned Montreal this season. I get all of that. And look, from a Montreal standpoint, more injuries to worry about. You know, not only are they not deeper when they're fully healthy than Toronto, what's the status of uh, Carey Price? What's the status of Shea Weber, Brendan Gallagher, Philip Deneau? Philip Deneau is the big one. People are going to laugh and say, what are you so bent out of shape about if Deneau plays or not? Yeah, his offense wasn't good this year. He's their best defensive center. He's yeah. their best defensive forward. Who the hell's going to check and go up head-to-head and match up with Austin Matthews' line, who's yeah. destroyed him? Who's, who, Austin Matthews, who's destroyed Montreal this yep. season. Who's going to match up with him if Philip Deneau is injured? Who are you going to put on him from the center right spot? Suzuki? Fucking Yemi? Are you kidding me? You're going to put one of these guys on Austin Matthews, who has absolutely annihilated you this season. Uh, head to head against Montreal, you're going to trust Suzuki and Kotkaniemi to do well, that. I don't want to put that I, on I, Suzuki I because I don't want to lose his offense. I, I don't want to put yeah. that on Suzuki right now because he's clicking yeah. offensively. So I don't want him to have that dominate his mind. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Denol's going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. Like, are you serious? I mean, who the hell's going to check uh, Austin Matthews in this series with Denol? Denol can do a pretty decent job at least. I think his set and defensive play is pretty good. That's the part you miss. They need Brendan Gallagher back. He's the one guy that can go to the net, crash the net, make life tough on the blue Leafs D. You know, he's the only one willing to pay a price. Tatard, no, none of these guys really, other than Toffoli and Anderson. Toffoli, Anderson, and Gallagher are your three forwards that pay a price on this Montreal team. Nobody else does. So that's definitely an issue. Cole Caulfield, can he catch lightning in a bottle? Keep this strong finish to down the stretch going and be that offensive difference maker for Montreal. They need his offense. They have to have his offense, especially if Gallagher isn't back. Uh, you're not going to get a thing out of Drouin, whether he plays or not, because you haven't gotten a thing from him all season. Uh, can't find him with a telescope on the ice all year. Yeah. You need that. If I'm Montreal, here's why they do have a puncher's chance, though. Like Toronto's the better team. There's, they should win, absolutely. But here's why Montreal has a chance. Toronto, all they do is find ways to fuck it up. Seriously. I mean, 17 years in a row without a series playoff series win. Pat Quinn was the last time yep. they won a playoff series. Uh, rest in peace, Pat Quinn. Uh, but he was the head coach the last time they won a playoff series in 2004. And if I'm Montreal and I'm Dominic Ducharme and I'm the coaching staff, I play all these clips of all these TV talking head experts of TSN and Sportsnet and all the you know articles on NHL.com. Yeah, play Craig Button, who picked them to win the cup, and then says they don't have a chance to even win a game against Toronto. Play that yeah, one; that's interesting. Flip flopping, yeah, yeah. Craig Button, yeah, with the flip flop, and he picked Montreal to win the cup, and yeah. now he's saying they're not going to win a game. We will never do that here. I'll, I'll eat my words. I picked the Canadians to go to the cup and face the Avs in the beginning of the year, and that's not going to happen, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and, and trash the Canadians like he did after. You know, just I don't do that. You need to give Montreal a reason to play over their heads, to, to get so amped up to beat Toronto that, hey, they play over their heads, they play out of their skull, out of their minds good, where you get all these guys having career playoff series collectively. The defense, Petrie, Sherratt, Merrill and company playing well, Allen playing out of his mind, or Price if he comes back. And the way you do that, if you're the coaching staff, is you say, nobody's giving you a chance. Nobody thinks you can win this series. Hell, some people don't even think you can win a freaking game. Uh, in this series, what are you going to do about it? Prove yeah. them wrong. You just you amp up your team if you're Dominic Ducharme and this coaching staff to get them to play above their heads. And look, if they play above their heads, 
The forwards all play well and get they get depth scoring. The D steps up. They get great goaltending from Allen and or Price. Never say never because the one thing you know about Toronto is you can't count on them every year for a yep. lot of success at playoff time. And maybe they still need to show you before you can believe it. That being said, they're as built as any as they're as well built as any team right now, Toronto, to go all the way and win a Stanley Cup. But that Leaf franchise hex is a real thing. And can Montreal maybe play into that? And if Montreal gets a lead early in the series or in game one, watch them rip those sticks, Toronto. It could legitimately happen. But I still like Toronto, all that being said. But I don't think it's going to be the dominant, you know, completely trash Montreal in this series that some people think. Jimmy, what do you think? Leafs, Habs. Well, here's what I think. I grew up in Boston, going to Bruins games as a kid, watching that's how I got into hockey. And I can't tell you the number of times, at least at least four, I've seen in my life where the Canadians came in heavy underdogs to the Boston Bruins in the playoffs and spoiled their season. And, and just the Canadians' magic, the mystique, whatever you want to have, call it, it went into effect and the mental block went in. And, and this is exactly what you're talking about. The pressure is on the Leafs. It's immense. However, there's one thing that could sort of nullify all those X factors and all those elements that we're discussing right now. And that's, there's no fans. If there were fans, all right. And it sounds crazy. People like, Oh, you're, you're, you're overvaluing the, the presence of fans. No, I'm not. Okay. I don't know how many people watching here have been in a bell center for a playoff game. Um, but I can tell you right now that I've seen the fans single-handedly will that team to victory and, and single-handedly, make the other team melt on the ice in a puddle of confusion and doubt and pity. It, it just, it happens all the time it, through, throughout the course of history. It goes all the way back to the seventies when the, you know, Ken Dryden stole that series from the Bobby Orr and the Bruins. They are notorious for winning when they're not supposed to, but because you don't have those fans. So let's say they go out and they get a one, nothing lead in the series, right? Or even maybe they steal the first two. And they come back to the Bell Center up 2-0. They don't have that atmosphere that would be pouring down and, and making the Maple Leafs just shaking their skates. That's not going to be there. And that's why I think in the end, I think Toronto gets through this. However, because of all that pressure, even without those fans, and because of fact, I do think if Montreal gets their game going, they can hang with the Leafs. I know the regular season didn't say it. I like this series to go six or seven because the first series is always the hardest, especially for a team who's got as much pressure as the Toronto Maple Leafs, who chokes first round after first round after first round after first round. Getting past this first round is everything to them. And because of that, it, it's kind of exaggerated a bit. On paper, they should walk through the Canadians right now. But I don't think they will because of that monkey on their back. And with that monkey, I think this series goes six or seven I'm not going to pin down a number, but I like the Maple Leafs to, to win this series. But don't don't get caught up in, oh, they're going to roll through this because I don't think it's going to be that way. I, I think Cole Caulfield will, will be a factor. Um, and I think if if you're Ducharme, I know what you were saying there, Ian, but if, if I'm an interim head coach, I don't know if I have the pull to motivate them that much yet. I really don't. And let's, let's not kid anyone here. They never got that jump. 
that most teams get from a new hire, from a coaching firing, right? Out of all the teams that changed their coaches this year, the Canadians, it was like it never happened, which tells me it was a team. And so it's got to come from within the team. It's got to come from a guy like Brendan Gallagher being out on the ice and leading the example. If he can be healthy and he can set the tone, they have a punter's chance in hell here. But I still think in the end, the Leafs get through and finally get over that hump. So like I said, give me the Leafs in six or seven. All right, the Leafs in six or seven. Here we go again with the Toronto Maple Leafs, thinking this is the chance here maybe to finally get over the hump. But look, no, the, to me, the thing that you like for the Leafs is they're just better built for playoff time. Years past, they had soft defensemen. They didn't have a great – their defensive game was not where it is. Their defensive game is just so much better. And it's a deeper blue line. They have four lines that all play good away from the puck now. And look, I think you're right. That's a Thornton Simmons have, you know, experience that can help as well. They're deep. If they suffer, that's another thing. If they suffer injuries, they've got tons of depth, blue line yep. and forwards. That's going to help them. They have Lino, Riley Nash. Yeah. If Jack Campbell struggles, if he does, because it is a still first playoffs, you know, he's been amazing 17, two and two, but it is his first playoffs. Uh, if he struggles, you've got Anderson back and healthy again, and you've got, David Riddick, even if you got to go that deep, you know, now you've got some depth now for the Leafs in goal. So they're one of those teams that can withstand a few injuries. But again, th- everything's on the table for the Leafs. The pieces are in place now. It's up to them. Get it done. It's that simple. Get it done. We'll see if they can. Great analysis, Jimmy. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Stanley Cup. Sorry, I had a rush too. No I problem at all. We'll wrap this up in just a second. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code THPN. Check them out. Sign up for an account. Download the app. If you do, you'll get weekly specials, incentives, and a deposit bonus. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for the, for an account. Use the promo code THPN. No best bets today. I didn't bet the game. Jimmy didn't bet the game. Yeah. So a rare day on the show with no best bet segment, but we will have one again tomorrow uh, on the show. And with that, that's a wrap. Thanks to everyone. And, and, for and you know, before in. Ian, before I go, since I won't be on this weekend and the playoffs will officially have started by the time I'm back, I'll just give you my prediction right now. Uh, for the Stanley Cup, I've got the Colorado Avalanche and the Boston Bruins, and I've got the Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. That's my revised Stanley Cup prediction. That's right. I'm, I'll save mine for tomorrow since I'll be uh, uh, on the uh, show tomorrow. Actually, you know what? This is the playoff preview show. I'll get yeah. mine uh, today as well. Uh, but mine is going to be – I feel like I'm compelled to stick with what I uh, originally said uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, and that was the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm actually going to – I'm going to stick with that. Uh, in the uh, Western, Con- or at least in that side, Colorado. Yeah, what, what do we call it when I get to the conference finals? Yeah, that's like, the it, it's not I'm West not East. East. I, I, you know what? In terms of the opponent, I'm not as sold on that, but I know I said Colorado to win the cup yeah. before the season starts. So All right, so I'll just go with the Bruins. And I'm not, and you guys know I am not a homer. I'm very objective. I just, what I've seen in the last month with that team, to me right now, they're one of the most balanced teams, if not the most balanced, heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's right. Colorado, Carolina. That's what I'm going to go. The Carolina there you go. Would be, that would be a great with, series. Them all season, I'm going to go yep. with them uh, in that in the uh, Stanley Cup. Over. Colorado <laughs> are winning it. Yeah, and ab- absolutely. Melissa's mentioning it in our chat. Check out the Ice Guys playoff bracket contest. It is posted. It's on the Twitter uh, Ice Guys account. 
Uh, make sure you enter that and check it out. Uh, put your brackets up. I'll put mine up in that as well, and you'll be able to see what uh, everyone's on, and we'll see who the winner emerges emerges right. in that uh, Ice Guys Bracket Challenge. But good stuff, Jimmy. Ice Guys Show, a reminder, seven days a week on YouTube, Monday to Friday, new, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And I'll be back with you tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys by the Hockey Podcast Network.